Welcome to Adeshi, the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 21. If you're ready to take your destiny into your own hands, you've come to the right place. This is Ordeshi, the Bulletproof Entrepreneur, featuring interviews with the most exciting and amazing entrepreneurs across Africa. Here's your host, Chi Odogu. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for tuning in once again. I have a great guest on the line today. We're speaking with Marco Sharavania. He's the founder and chairman of the Genesis Business School in Santon, South Africa. Marco is a former monk who became an entrepreneur, an academic, and made a couple hundred million dollars in his spare time. So we have a lot of ground to cover today. So get your writing pads, your pen, your pencils, your laptop, your tablets, your phablets, your phones, and whatever documenting device that you use to make notes because you're really going to want to extract all the nuggets of wisdom that Marco is going to be dishing out on the show today. So without further ado, we're going to skip the commercials that we typically run before the show and just dive in to the conversation with Marco Sharavanya. Thank you guys for tuning in once again, and of course, stay bulletproof. Good morning, guys. Welcome to the show. Today's guest is Dr. Marco Sharavanya. He's the founder and CEO of the Regenesis Business School in Santon, South Africa. Dr. Marco is an adventurer, an author, a former monk, a businessman, a husband, and a father. He's a very well-rounded individual, and he's had a lot of varying experiences in business and in life in general, and he's here to tell us a little bit about himself, his entrepreneurial background, his company, and what he's doing. So, Dr. Marco, welcome to the show. Could you please tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Thank you. Thank you, Che, and uh, thank you to all your listeners. Um, yeah, I was born in Croatia, a country called Croatia, a small country in Europe across Italy. And uh, I came to Africa about 25 years ago. And um, I was on a spiritual journey, so I was involved in development work, uh, like, uh, working for poor people, and I live in, in poor township uh, amongst uh, uh, black people, uh, developing schools and clinics and job creation projects for about seven years. And then uh, I left my spiritual and development type of uh, world and uh, joined the university, Wits University, went into all the academia for about three years, joined the University of Witwatersrand in Germany. Then after that, about three years after that, uh, started the Genesis Business School. Uh, so I've been with the Genesis for the past 16 years. So I suppose my life has been always about uh, human development and uh, making the world a better place to live in. Uh, as a monk, I thought we could you know, change the world by raising human consciousness and making human beings more ethical and better, more sharing, caring, and giving. And uh, then I realized actually education is the most powerful way of, uh, of uh, changing human lives and making the world a better place to live in. Because education lasts forever. Once people receive education, you know, it stays with them forever. And all problems that we have today in the world from wars and unemployment and diseases and racism and economic developments. All these problems are related to education. So, so if you could provide high-quality education uh, to people, you know, the really, you know, the world. So I suppose that's the reason why I got involved in education, specifically uh, business education. Uh, mm-hmm. Because uh, when we build a leader or, or business leader, 
indicated the impact, leverage impact of the hundreds and in some cases thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. You know? So we are not just developing uh, uh, accountants or lawyers or doctors, you know, we are developing leaders. You know? So only by developing leaders, we can really make uh, a more better place to live. So I suppose I, I've been an idealist uh, working throughout my life, trying to make a more better place to live in. And uh, on that journey, I also trying to understand myself. It's been a journey of self-discovery, you know, trying to understand who I am, and, uh, life, and God, meaning, and purpose. And, uh, really trying to become better, better human being. Yeah. Oh. Great. <clears throat> so now let's go back to the beginning. I read somewhere that as a teenager while you were in Croatia, you had a successful distribution business for bakeries that helped your family get some income before you now left um, Croatia to become a monk. So could you talk a little bit about that business you had as a teenager and what um, specifically caused you to leave your budding entrepreneurial venture to take a spiritual journey and join a monastery? Yeah, yeah I strongly desire, you know, from my childhood to, to, to understand who I am and what's real life all about, what is God and what is death and who I am and all those. So those are existential questions were really very important for me. So so I was born on the Catholic and I started exploring, uh, reading all different uh, spiritual books and, and uh, practicing different uh, spiritual paths. You know, I read Quran and, and Buddhism and uh, all types of uh, different spiritual paths. And I started practicing different techniques, you know, yoga, meditation, and the books, you know, I've got more martial arts, you know, and, and all this. So it was really uh, best for meaning. And, and so then I realized, in order to really understand uh, some of these questions and to develop spiritually, I need to go deep into it. You know, it was not good enough just to pray, you know, once, uh, go to church once a week, you know, and uh, pray before eating and sleeping, you know. Mm-hmm. I really needed to... to to face myself and to self-reflect and go deep into, into the spiritual life really to, to make progress, you know. So, so then uh, I was the only son in my family. I had two sisters. You know? So the problem was I couldn't just leave my parents and uh, because I was expected to, to look after them financially. So, so I said to myself, I need to make them financially sustainable, financially, economically, then I could pursue my own spiritual path. You know? So one time in meditation, I get this idea to start bakery, which was really crazy idea, you know. And uh, my idea was basically I'll buy bread from one bakery and then sell it to many different shops in town, and uh, I will deliver it for free to shops, you know. So there will be incentive for shop owners not to draw the bakery because you know, people had to go drive in the morning four o'clock, you know, because people in Croatia eat bread, uh, fresh bread every day. Mm. And uh, then I would buy bulk. Uh, bread from bakery, I would, I would negotiate a discount of 10%. You know? That was a very uh, strange uh, business model. You know? So I sat there, you know, my friend in the car, you know, and we went to negotiate this, you know, and the first few days, you know, it was struggling, you know, business was going nowhere, you know, feeling we felt like wasting our time and everything else. And then I said to my, my friend, you know, let's just persevere for one week more. You know? mm. we, we knew that things started just happening, and in two, three weeks, the business just exploded, you know, and all people in town, they wanted us to supply them, all shops in town, they wanted us to supply bread, bread for them for free, you know, because they get uh, free delivery. Mm-hmm. And then because of the bulk orders, you know, we negotiated discount uh, with bakery, and then bakery, the bakery then started supplying 
bread to Mosul shops. And then the bakery had to set up another bakery. And then we set up in the house of my parents. Wow. So now they got the rent from the bakery. Plus they got free bread, you know. And within two, three months, I made so much money, like, you know. And I worked in the morning, like, from like, four o'clock in the morning to seven o'clock in the morning. You know? I still had the whole day. Mm-hmm. So, I'll go in the morning with my bread, with my friend, you know, we pick up this bread, you know, from bakery, distribute in town, you know, and by seven o'clock, you know, we'll be home, you know, and then we had to buy a car within a week or two, a bigger truck, you know, and because business just exploded, you know. So after two months, you know, I made so much money, and my parents said, now I had a bakery and bread, you know, and I said to myself, now, now it's time to move on now, you know, and now, and then I left. And no one could understand I had such an amazing business, you yeah. know, walking in the morning and making so much money. Uh, and uh, I said, well, I didn't ask for this business to make money. I asked if for my parents I could move on my spiritual path. Mm. So I stick to my, my thing. And then I left, you know, and I left this business to my, my friend. You know, he continued running. You know. So it was uh, my first uh, little uh, uh, business venture with a deep spiritual, uh, spiritual message, you know. You know. Mm. So the first time I realized, you know, when there's a strong purpose, when it's genuine, you know, uh, you want something really to uh, for others almost, not if it's not selfish, you know, uh, uh, cause, you know, then somehow high powers, you know, uh, help you, you know, yeah. uh, through your own intuition, maybe you tune, you know, and, and you get solutions and answers, you know. Mm. And throughout my life, uh, I, I could tell you, you know, 20, 30 stories like this, you know. Wow. Uh, business entrepreneurship and spiritual uh, type of experience. You know? So I call this thing uh, a spiritual intelligence, you know. I believe we have a uh, there's an intelligence called spiritual intelligence, mm-hmm. which is about our intuition, you know, gut feeling. It's about our purpose. It's about, you know, being authentic and, and truthful. It's power of truth, you know. And uh, if you can tap into, uh, use the spiritual intelligence, you know, then we'll make uh, right decisions. We'll know, you know, which business to get more than, and uh, we'll make more good decisions and less wrong decisions, you know, and we'll be successful entrepreneurs, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's what I utilize actually in the business world, you know. So as a monk, only thing, one thing I had was the spiritual intelligence, you know. So as a monk, I lived very ascetic life, you know. So I lived celibate life. I didn't have money. I was volunteer. I slept on the floor. You know, if I didn't have food, I would fast, you know. I used to fast every month, like four days, without water, without food, you know. So I was totally dedicated to, to working for food people, you know, building schools and clinics. And I was fearless, you know. I was living in dangerous areas, you know. But I, I never feared for my life, you know. And, and so... So when I left from spiritual world to business world, you know, the only thing I had was this, this uh, spiritual intelligence. And I realized, I knew that power is within us, you know, that each of us, you know, is a genius, you know, there's a great, there's a talent, you know, there's a divinity in each of us. And we need to utilize its power to take success in the external world, you know. So in South Africa, you know, I was a white uh, uh, foreigner, you know, in the new South Africa, with the new, you know, post-apartheid, you know, uh, uh, black government, you know, I was young. Uh, strange accent, you know, I had no friends, you know, I didn't have friends, I didn't have any education, you know, you know I started studying, you know, while I was a monk, you know, so I, I didn't have friends in banks, you know, I, so with all odds against me, uh, but I knew that true power is inside, you know, true power is not outside, and mm-hmm. in the world, uh, we don't need uh, uh, degrees from Harvard, you know, and, and we don't need friends in the banks or rich parents, you know, and, uh, and all this, you know, so, that's what I did, you know, and I realized, I knew what we think we become. Uh, a new life is really about conquering our own fears, you know, pushing our own boundaries. It's about perseverance, you know, we need to think big and dream big, and take risks, you know, and, uh, and success, success will follow. You know? So 
I, I knew, you know, if I stay uh, true to my purpose, which was about human development, uh, you know, things are going to follow, you know. But, you know, my journey of entrepreneurship has been hard, you know. I say always blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. If you look, if you look at Regenesis, you know, 15 years, I started it from nothing, from zero, you know. And, uh, you know, it was really hard, you know, first few years, you know, like, you know, a lot of temptation to give up. You know. I had always attitude in my life, uh, I would rather die than fail, you know. So I knew always, you fail only if you give up. You know? yeah. So if you decide not to give up, you'll never fail, you know. But as long as you have your purpose, your dream, your goals, you know, and you persevere, you'll get there eventually. You know? mm. As long as you fail only when you give up. You know? So I was also very ambitious. You know? So I was a very rebellious person. So I set up these ambitious goals in my life, you know, to, to have business and to achieve intellectual freedom, to get my PhD and to achieve financial freedom and to be healthy and fit and to be spiritually, you know, to develop spiritually and emotionally and all different levels. Mm. I knew always, you know, you know, the all limitations we have are limitations we set up for ourselves, you know. But we have this amazing potential, you know, we have this divinity in us, you know, and we utilize only about ten percent of our potential. You know? So so I said I said to people, you know, you know, don't sleep much, you know, like you know, if you sleep eight or nine, ten hours, just reduce your sleeping for one hours, you know. And then utilize the time, you know, half an hour for exercise, half an hour for financial type of investments and things, half an hour for intellectual studies. And if you do every, half, every day half an hour, just for your intellectual development, you'll get your PhD or master's degree, whatever, in, in five years or ten years. You know? mm. So you have these goals and, and dreams, you know, persevere, work hard, be genuine, be authentic, you know. Don't pretend, you know, you know uh, because when we pretend, you know, we sabotage ourselves, you know. You know we all have our own destiny. We all are unique and we all are special, you know. Seven billion people in this world, you know, it's only one of each of us, you know. We mm. can't copy success, you know. We can't copy Richard Branson or Bill Gates or Warren Buffett, you know. You know, we had to travel our own path, you know. We had to create, a, we had to follow our own destiny, you know. We had to be who we are. We had to accept who we are. We had to love ourselves, you know. And then we will unleash that, that power, you know. Okay. And uh, we had to conquer our own enemies who are, that are inside of us, you know. Now, I want to, to ask you a question about that path you were talking about, that journey, because you... People always say, you know, the entrepreneurial journey starts on the inside and then you go out. I bought you to the spiritual journey literally and then you started business. So going back to um, around the time when you were in the monastery and you came out of the monastery, why did you decide to pursue academics as strongly as you did and then go into business? Or did you go into business first and then academics? Academic. I became okay. academic, so okay. I joined Wits uh, University. Mm. Also studying that time. So when I, had monk, when I was a monk, I realized it wasn't good enough just to have a good desire to help people, you know. Mm. So I had to run projects, you know. So I had to learn how to manage people, how to develop strategic plans, how to report to funders, you know, how to manage, you know, business. You know? Mm. So I went to school. I went to business school to study. You know? So I was a monk uh, in a business school with the orange robes, you know, with all these, you know, accountants, you know, from... You know, PwC and KPMGs and Deloitte, you know, it was a, you know, very strange uh, uh, audience, you know, mm. and people to interact with, you know. But so I studied, you know, and I continued studying. I you know, did my, all my degrees, certificates, up to master's, and, and eventually, you know, PhD mm. level. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was a monk, and then I was uh, studying, and uh, academic, and then from uh, academic world into business. But business has been 
called Business of Education. So yeah. James and Lee, education is future. Yeah. But I got involved as investments, you know. Okay. So, 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 let's, so let's talk about that. Did um, the idea for Regenesis, you got into investments first and you made your money and then. No, actually, Regenesis was the first. Oh, Regenesis was first. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Then maybe after a year or two, it was investments. Oh, okay. So you got the idea to start a business school that would yeah. promote um, spiritual intelligence as the basis for entrepreneurs and business people to understand how to live and operate in the world and how to do things that will make them better leaders and be able to leverage that into making the world as a better place. So um, when you first started Regenesis, let's talk about what were some of the struggles you faced. You already said a few of it. You were a foreigner in a strange land, strange accent, did not have access to capital, but you had this one idea and you didn't give up. So what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced when you were giving birth to Genesis? Yeah, it was a crazy idea to start university from nothing. Mm-hmm. Not if anyone else in the world has done that. Uh, but I, I, I knew this spiritual intelligence, the powers within me, and I know I could, I could do anything I wanted in this world. You know? I, was, I really believe in it, you know? I still believe in it. You know? So it was really crazy. I had a little apartment, you know, and, uh, and uh, I started doing everything. I worked 18 hours a day, developing courses, you know. I was a receptionist, you know, applied for application. We didn't have a building, you know, so we were out in the downtown courses in, in hotels, you know, and conference venues, you know. So I would sell, you know, I would lecture, I would run, you know, accounts and marketing and website. I was IT. I was doing work for 10 people. I was cleaner, you know. Wow. And all of this, you know. And uh, so it was really, really, really hard, you know, like, you know, it was like completely, you know, uh, it's crazy. Uh, even now, I don't know how, how I did it, you know. And there were so many temptations to give up, you know, you know, you know. I just remember selling, going to sales meetings, you know, and then being rejected, you know, and coming out of the sales meetings in tears, you know, like, you know. And uh, I, I remember, you know, talking to God, I said, God, you know, I don't want to ever again, like, have to, have to sell, you know, put Adverts in newspapers, I want people to come to me, you know. I cannot deal with this rejection, you know, when people, you know, uh, reject you. You know, it was so humiliating, you know. Like, you know I remember crying like a little child, you know, like, you know. I remember, I felt like all my friends have left me, betrayed me. I felt like I was so lonely. And I said to myself, all right, died and failed. I'm not going to fail. Hmm. So whatever it takes, you know. And then, yeah, just continue pushing, pushing, knocking on doors, you know. Not, not, you knock on 10 doors, one door opens, you know. You know, not 100 dollars, you know, and uh, you know, cash flow problems, you know, you know, crisis of confidence, you know, crisis of patience uh, to give up, you know, of resources. And then slowly, little projects we got, you know, training courses, and we put money back in, you know. My wife joined me uh, six months after, and then second person joined us, you know, a year after. You know. So after a year, you know, we had two, three people, and then, you know, Rented a small office you now and then put business money in the business again to employ more people, get more office space. You know. So for three, for three, four years, you know, it was really putting more money back in the business to grow business. You know, so we didn't buy cars and, and houses and go on all expensive holidays. You know, we really took everything into the business. Yes. You know, worked hard and, and we had a few lucky lucky breaks. You know, you know, luck, you know. Like what? what? What were some of those lucky breaks? Well, one of them was. We put adverts in newspaper, okay. Now, nine months, nine months in the business, you know, we got some money, some projects, you know, around two, three courses, you know, and we saved 20,000 rents, you know. 
Twenty is about two thousand dollars, you know. Okay. And uh, so, 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 idea was, you know, to place athletes, put athletes in the state, you know. So I remember it was so scary thing to do, you know. All this money we worked so hard, we could place athletes in the you know, five courses, you know, you know. And these five courses we didn't even even have, you know. You know. So, but I thought like I'll put two months from now, and then if you get response, I can develop these courses, you know, and learn them, you know. You know. So I took really a big risk, you know. And put this, you know, I remember the project management course, strategic planning course, you know, policy development, financial and financial management, you know, marketing, project management courses, you know. And we, we placed this out in this paper, you know, and, and, uh, and then we didn't know what was going to happen. But actually, all this thing happened, you know. Phone suddenly, you know, and we received 100, 100 uh, phone calls, 100 inquiries in one day. Wow. And, uh, and it was like a really breakthrough, you know. Now, for the next two months, you know, we were in big trouble. Like, you know, we had to develop this, this courses you know, because we didn't have it. Yeah. So we didn't sleep, like, you know. And we couldn't outsource, you know, uh, you know to, to develop this. You know. So we got the books and libraries and talked to people, you know, internet search and all this, you know. And we developed really beautiful courses, you know. And it was the first, first big breakthrough, you know. I felt like it was like in casino, you know, when you, you know, the phones were ringing all day, like, you know, and... It was like an amazing, amazing experience. Yeah. But we took really that risk, you know. We, yeah. we thought like, if you have lost that money, it will set us back for six months, you know. It was wow. really hard money, you know. Yeah. That was one of the lucky breaks. But then again, with some, you know, clients, you know, we got projects from European Union, you know, to train uh, education, uh, school education principles, you know, and, and in competition with uh, all, all the big institutions, you know. So we had this, this passion, you know. We had this, uh, there was this energy. There was this, uh, you know, hope. There was uh, this emotional, spiritual, I think, which was all completely around mm-hmm. as compared to big uh, established you know, institutions, you know, consulting companies and the rest. You know. So it was heart and soul we put yeah. in, which somehow answers, somehow we got the uh, doors open, you know, basically, yeah, after really knocking for a long time. Yeah, So and, and it also ties into one of the quotes I've heard you say where... Um, there's a bias between knowledge and doing, or knowledge and action. So you earned that twenty thousand rand, which was six months of pay that you guys have made. But you knew that somehow you had to still bring in more people. That's the only way your business would grow, and that's the only way you'd be able to make more. But you were not sure if taking that risk of that money would also fail or succeed. But you still yeah. did it anyway. So yeah. I guess. The, it's really yeah. So I guess I mean the lesson I'm pulling from that is that sometimes you never know. You just have to like, um, like you said, follow the spiritual intelligence and go with your gut. It is intuition. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you uh, some of the decisions they are very highly intuitive. You know, mm. including I mean in, tra- in trading. So in investments in trading business, which I started about two years after I started the Genesis. You know, okay. I built it from from zero to five from zero, from. In five years, from zero to hundred million, from zero to ten million dollars. Wow. You know, in five years. Again, you know, listening to my own intuition. You know, intuition is so important. You know, like you know, you know, when to do, when not to do type of thing. You know, okay. you know and what, which share to buy, which share not to buy. You know, you know. So every time I listen to my advisors, brokers, you know, I'll make wrong decision. You know? yeah. Every time I, I don't think I'll get the right decision. You know? So I completely ignore. Actually, I ask brokers what for their. Uh, opinion and I do opposite. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about that. As um, 
a business educator and an investor in the markets. So you also have the sophistication and the skills of knowing that most people start with a business plan or you do your your research as a way, your fundamental research or your technical analysis before you make an investment. So how do you, as a business educator, train someone to follow that gut instinct? How do you, how do you teach them to know when that spiritual intelligence is speaking? Because there's one thing that your head is telling you to do, and there's the other thing that your heart is telling you to do. So how, how do you, as an educator, um, instill in your students the ability to to know which one to follow and when. Yeah, we started the investment company. Purpose of this investment company is really to help our students <laughs> to achieve financial freedom. Uh-huh. You know, do the MBA, ultimate goal is to achieve financial freedom. Now, I say to people always, what is more most important is it's a learning. Okay, when you start trading, when you start investing, you start learning, learning about the economic uh, economics of the world, investments, companies. And, how world operates in, on different levels, in intellectual, emotional, and spiritual levels. You know. That's one thing. So learning is important. You know. Second important thing is breaking fears. You know. mm-hmm. so all my theory is based on, 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 on fear. How do we break the fear? You know. Because fear is what is blocking us. You know. Or self-limiting beliefs. You know. Do we believe we, are, uh, we don't deserve to be rich? We don't deserve, we aren't good enough to get all degrees, master's degrees, and PhDs. We aren't intelligent enough, or we aren't beautiful enough to have successful relationships, you know. You know. So, so we have to change our self-limiting beliefs, and we have to break the fears, you know. Okay. So what's nice about investment trading, you can break fear only when you stop doing things. You know? Okay. Break you know? fear by reading books, you know. You cannot become an entrepreneur by reading, or leader by reading books on, on entrepreneurship, you know, or leadership, you know. You can only do it when you start doing things, when you go through the journey of transformation, self-protection, you know, and, you know, examinations and hardships, ups and downs of life, you know. So only through action, you know, things start happening, you know. You know, life happens on the level of action, not on the level of thinking, yeah. you know, or read. Yeah. So, so basically, you know, we tell people, you know, you have to learn to listen to your heart, you know, listen to your intuition, you know understand, you know, yourself, you know, and, uh, but then supplement that also with uh, intellectual knowledge, you know, so develop hobby, develop love for, for, for trading, you know, and let it become your passion, you know. Okay. So once, once you fall in love with what you do, you know, so you may be trading, maybe business or entrepreneurship, you know, so, so, so most important thing is to fall in love completely, you know, once you fall in love with your work, you know, you transcend all obstacles, all challenges, cash flow problems, people problems, you know, uh, whatever challenges they are, then you start operating on a high level of energy. So literally, almost like when you fall in love with, with your partner, you know, you know then you, 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 you st- stop counting, you know, who washed dishes, you know, who paid for a bill, you know, you just want to surprise your partner, you know, you want to do extra, you know, extra miles, you know, you don't, you, you, st- you stop thinking about food, you neglect all your physical needs, you know, just want to make this person happy, you know. You know, you operate really on a high level, you know, of energy. So when you fall in love with, with the work, you know, with, with your purpose, whatever it is, you know, then you transcend, transcend all these obstacles, you know, and challenges and temptations to give up, you know, and you really you know, <coughs> over them. You know. So it's very important to, to fall in love, develop passion, develop hobby, you know. So if it's trading, you know, or if it's property, you know, investments, you know, then you know, you read, read uh, about properties, you know, you spare time, you know, watch Bloomberg, you know, CNBC, business channels, you know, talk to your friends, you know, join the club, you know, so, become, so you really get into it, you know, so you, you get into 
heart and soul of the of the business. You know, yeah. so you don't only on, on intellectual uh, level. You know, intellectual part is important. We cannot, you know, we shouldn't ignore it. You know, but we should go deeper into, into heart and soul of, of what we are doing. You know, and then then that magic will happen. You know? So once we once we fall in love, you know, then our intuition, then excellence, passion, innovation, creativity, all these things, you know, happen in a natural way, you know? and then success follows. You know. But if you don't fall in love, you know, then, then it becomes a tough job, you know, you're not engaged, you know, there are all these hardships, you know, throw us out, you know, they give up, you know, and there's no really uh, innovation, creativity, excellent passion, heart and soul, you know. Yeah. I believe success comes out of heart, heart and soul, and passion, and that energy, you know. Yeah. So we have responsibility, you know, it's almost like making making choice, you know, like, you know, you know, I want to I choose to be successful, and I choose to be positive, I choose to be passionate, and I choose to fall in love with my work, you know. I choose to say no to depression, to negativity, to neg- cynical people, you know. I choose to not criticize, you know, government and corruption and, uh, I don't know, whole world around us, you know, because it's a waste of my precious energy, you know. We have limited energy, so we have to use our energy to construct and manifest success, rather than to criticize and complain and, to, and blame. And all of this. If you do that, you know, we, we waste our precious energy. Yeah. So we have to make choices. we have to make right choices. Okay. So it's tempting to get involved in gossip, you know, and negativity, cynicism, and all of this, you know. But you have to be disciplined to say no. You know, if yeah. I do this, it's my energy. Oh, okay. So basically, from the choices you make, that will affect the energy you have to fall in love with what you're working on, and then yeah. it's not a job to you. It becomes like a passion and something you're passionate about. Even though you have the the mental capacity or knowledge about it, your emotions will also take over in such yeah. a way that it will guide you to the right decision. Yeah. Especially, especially spiritual intelligence. I spoke about purpose. Yes. Where does come? It comes from purpose. Understanding higher purpose, meaning why we do this, you know. So, for example, you know, I'm not in the business of, of money investment. It's not about in the business. It's not about making money. It's about changing the world and making. You know, helping people achieve their dreams, you know, helping people achieve their freedoms, you know. So, for example, if you open a bank, you know, so once you understand the bigger purpose of the bank, you know, which is to help people grow, to employ people, to provide for their dreams and freedoms and to make a better place to live in. Then if you work with a bank, then you can sell with conviction, you know, you know, because you're changing lives, you're selling dreams. But if you sell just loans, you're selling money, you cannot be inspired by selling loans, you know. You can only to a certain extent, you know. Yeah. You know. So, we, so, 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 from purpose, you know, that passion and love, inspiration and direction, all these things come from, you know, and purpose is about spiritual intelligence and sending higher purpose. Why do we exist? Why do we live? Why do we work? You know, why do we have our businesses? You know, it's understanding that we're going to die one day. You know, it's, it's, it's about understanding that our purpose is really to, to make the world a better place to live in. We'll be, we're going to be judged before we die by how many lives we changed, what difference we made in the world, not by how much money we have in our account, how many cars or houses we have, you know, yeah. so it, it is a, it's a deeper spiritual understanding that, you know, we're going to give away everything that we're going to, that we have accumulated in this world, you know, yeah. we're going to live for other people, you know, yeah. we're going to take it with us so it's understanding some of those truths, you know that's spiritual intelligence, you know understanding the truths and using spiritual intelligence okay, so now I want to talk about your your third milestone um, entrepreneurial venture, which was investments in property and real estate, because I also read somewhere that you made 
um, 100 million rand in about five years of investing yeah. in property. But you also had like some uh, fears and some problems along the way while you were doing that. So could you talk a little bit about you venturing into property? Because we've, we've seen that from your history, you have a way of going into different businesses, but there's always one unifying thing, which is like following your gut instinct. And I guess the goal I'm trying to drive to the listeners today is that no matter where you want to operate, you know, the same instincts can still help you. And you're the perfect example of that, doing it in almost three or four different industries. So could you talk specifically about your your venture in um, the property investment space? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like to say I spend 1% uh, of my time doing investments in trading and make 99% of my money. Wow. And I, I spend 99% of my time, you know, working in education, doing free talks and like this, and uh, teaching and all the other things. I make 1% of my money. Okay. Wow. So, so whole, everything started, you know, when I was, uh, what, about 20, about 20 years ago. So when I left my spiritual world and joined university, and then I bought first apartment, you know, and uh, and then I was so scared, you know, uh, I was so scared. I took like because I took bond for twenty years. I, I thought to myself, so what what's going to happen if I lose the job? I lose this apartment, and I will not be able to pay a bond. You know, I'll go to jail. You know? I was so scared. I remember, you know, I bought first apartment. You know? Then after a year and a half, <laughs> I tried the apartment. And I sold it for 30% higher price than I bought it, you know. Then I realized, actually, if I could borrow more money from the bank, I could, I could buy this apartment, you know, apartments and sell and I could make money, you know. I, I asked also myself, myself a question, how did all these rich people in the world become rich, you know? How did Saul Gerstner, for example, become rich? You know, he bought hot sold, built Sun City and went to uh, uh, Bahamas and all this. And Warren Buffett, you know, Donald Trump, they bought and sold. They bought and sold. Every time they buy and sell, you know, they make margin, they get money. And more you buy, more you sell, you know, you make money. You know? So I said, well, I can do the same. You know? I can buy properties, sell properties. You know? So, so first time it was so difficult because I was so scared. But I, when I sold it, you know, I made thirty percent profit. You know, I, was so, I got so excited, I broke my fear. Borrowed know? <coughs> money again to, to the bank, you know, and I bought another two properties. Mm. And then I sold them after six months. It was I was lucky. It was good uh, property boom time. So I would buy a property and keep it for six months and then make profit 30%, you know, after that, and I would sell it, you know, in the meantime, I would rent it, you know. So in two, three years, uh, I had, at one stage, I had 10, 10 townhouses, you know, 10 properties, you know. Oh. And uh, I would buy them and sell them and buy them. So when I buy them, I negotiate tough, you know, rough, you know. So I will buy the really discount, you know, 20, 30%. When I sell it, I will really put price 30, 40% up, you know. So I would really make sure I negotiate hard, you know, when I buy and sell, you know, so I make money in both, both ways, you know. So I made the first two, three million rent uh, on properties, you know. So after, after three years, so after buying 10 properties and selling it, I broke fear. So when I had the first property, I was so scared, you know, what's going to happen if I lose a job, you know, I'll not be able to pay the bond. After doing the second time, it was, I was less scared, and third time, less, and fourth. But after doing 10 times, actually, I had no fear. I was looking forward to buy and sell because I knew I was I'm going to make money. Mm. So I broke a fear of, 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 of buying and selling. You know? Then I got bored, you know, so because it takes six months to sell property when you buy. I said, well, I can do stock market. I can buy shares in stock market. And it's very liquid, you know, so I can get money today and buy and sell tomorrow. Mm. I can buy in the morning and sell afternoon. You know? 
I don't have to wait for six months. I don't have to agents. I don't. I, I don't have headaches of uh, tenants, you know, and all this nonsense, you know, repairs and, and the rest. And I didn't have time for it, you know. So I went from uh, basically low risk to high risk, you know. First unit trust, you know, then equities, then derivatives, like CFDs, single stock futures, you know. And then second principle I realized in terms of money, you need money to make money. Mm. And how do you make money? You, you basically need to leverage, you know. So when you buy a property or a car, you give it to a bank, you know, 10 or 20% deposit, you know, and then they give you 80% or 90% you know, loan, you know. So you get the asset, you know, of, uh, it's worth 100%, but with, with, the, with, the, with the assets you have only about 20%. Yeah. So, so that's what I, I realized when I started doing that in the stock market, you know. So if I had, let's say, a million rents, and I'll leverage them uh, 10 times, and I'll buy assets for uh, 10 million, you know, sure. And if I make uh, 2% on, uh, on 1 million, you know, it's going to be only, what, 20,000, you know? Well, 200,000, whatever. 20,000, but on 10 million, it's going to be 200,000. So by leveraging, basically, I could, I could, I could uh, uh, make more money. But also, there was a higher risk when you leverage, you know, if, if trade goes down, you know? So. So, and then I went basically, I got involved with few only shares, you know, the shares that I understood, you know. One of them is MPN, you know, I believe in, in the future in terms of mobile technology, diversified share, 22 countries, corporate governments, you know, it's liquid, you know, it's over a billion rent, you know, or $100 million every day, so it's not easy to manipulate the share. And I've been following it, following the share for many years, you know. So basically, in about five years, for my initial goal or dream, I want to achieve financial freedom, you know, I, I, Basically, from property to equities and, and, and uh, unit trusts and derivatives, you know, I made uh, uh, about $10 million, you know, mm. uh, a profit, you know. So it's, it's been really a journey of, of conquering my own fears. Mm. So after buying these shares now, you know, hundreds and thousands of times, you know, I have changed relationship with money. You know. I, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not scared and uh, I've taken risks, you know. I, one thing I realized in life, if you look at every successful person, you know, there's one thing common, you know, they're taking risks, you know. People who don't take risks, they never become successful. <laughs> so you become successful, they take risks, you know. Yeah. If you fail a few times, still okay, you know. And the second thing I realized, you know, everything starts with an idea, with a dream. You know, iPhone started with an idea of, uh, in the brain of Steve Jobs, you know. Like, you know. So, so everything starts with an idea, you know, then you, you work towards it and it becomes, you know, uh, reality, you know. So if you persevere, that your dream, you know, gets achieved, you know. So, so those are a few spiritual principles which I applied in the business world, which, which uh, I believe uh, worked very well for me. Yeah. And I guess the main theme I've gotten from your life story thus far is you've been working towards breaking fear consistently all your life. So is that the reason why you... Um, participate in all these thrill sports like scuba diving, parachuting, um, climbing Kilimanjaro, visiting 50 countries all before the age of 45. Is that like part of the breaking the fear barrier? Of, I, it's of been my self? journey. You know, some of these things. Or you, you know, just been, like adventure? I like adventure and I've been very ambitious. I've been also very rebellious. Okay. I ran away from my parents, you know, when I was a young boy. My father slapped me once, and I got upset with him. I went to uh, live in the forest for a week, you know, to teach him lesson, you know. So, and then, uh, then I left my, when I left my, when I became monk, you know, uh, again, you know, it was uh, a little bit 
uh, to, to make, you know, I had to renounce my family and accept the whole world as my home and everything, being with my mother and father and brother and sister. And it was really a skeptic life and a radical change, you know. So I remember I tried like a little baby, you know, like it was so difficult, you know, to leave uh, my past, you know, friends and family and everything else, and come to Africa to cool people, you know, to be alone and, and to go through all the hardships, you know, and, and challenges and facing death, you know. Ultimately, it, it's all about fear, you know. And I, I said to people, uh, it's fear of death. You can conquer fear of death. You can conquer fear of dying. Only then we can start living. Mm. And most of people are scared of everything we do is, is fear of death, you know. That's why we buy insurances, you know, we buy, we, we have pension funds, you know, we buy medical, all these things, you know. But instead of using all the money to achieve our financial freedom to, and to conquer death, you know, we do opposite, we do the wrong things. We give money to uh, brokers, you know, and we make them rich, you know. You know? And I've broken all rules in my life, you know, like, you know? Uh, financial rules, you know. Uh, I don't have a problem with I took my, use my phone to make money in the stock market, trade, trading, like, you know. My medical is smallest, you know, like, hospital plan type of thing. Because I want to be financially free when I was 45, not when I was uh, uh, 60. It's too late, you know. Yeah. So, so I borrowed money from the bank. Banks tell you, don't borrow, you know. Uh, you can, rule number one on investment, you know. Do not borrow and invest, you know. Why? Of course banks will tell you that because they don't want you to take risk. Because if you fail, they will lose money. So they tell you, you just borrow from us, take risk. I don't take more risk, you know. Of course you need money to make money. How do you, where do you get money? You borrow money, you know, you leverage it, you know. So those are some of the things I've done, you know. I've been, yeah. So all these things, people having thing, pushing down boundaries of comfort, you know. Yeah. When we push our own boundaries of comfort, when we go into unknown, uh, and we walk through our own fears, you know, then we awaken our own potential, you know, we, we conquer the fear of, of, of death, you know, and then we start living, you know, we have no potential, you know, and yeah. Nice, interesting. So that's um as we start to wind down the show, I don't want to take too much of your time. Um we're just going to go into a couple questions for um people that are listening that are coming out of school or people that are abroad and they're thinking of coming to do business in Africa. So the first question would be um looking back on your life thus far, if you were to go back and advise yourself based on the experiences you've, of everything you've done thus far, what's the one thing you tell yourself to, to watch out for, be mindful of in the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey, if you could go back or time travel to talk to yourself? I believe everything happens for a reason, and I, I wouldn't be here now if, if this million events wouldn't happen in our lives. You know? So everything we have to, I believe we have to be grateful. And everything is happen, happens for a reason and for good, you know? Uh, I could have, I have made many mistakes in my life, you know. Uh, I got overextended, you know. So one thing is for entrepreneurs, you know, just be careful of overextending, you know. Because entrepreneurs, they tend to be, you know, overambitious, you know, idealistic, you know. And, uh, and uh, other normal people, ordinary people struggle to follow that, you know. So entrepreneurs are very, very unique people, you know. They are brave people that take risks, you know. They're fast, you know. They're completely consumed by their, their passion, and you know they have they have high level of energy. It's, you know they're very imbalanced people. You know they're very hard. They're very they're very poor people skills. You know, like, you know, and they have to you now build institutions. You know, like, you know it's, it's very hard. You know, for an entrepreneur to move when business starts growing. You know, from a type of entrepreneurial organization to a type of corporate, more bureaucratic culture. You know, which becomes very slow and 
and, uh, and the rest of them. So, all the focus is very important, you know. Mm. You know, you know uh, manage your cash flow properly, like, you know, uh, you know, fight with the banks, you know, like, you know, <laughs> fight for your rights, you know, like, you know, um, you know don't be afraid, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know, there are many, many, many different lessons experienced. Africa is an amazing opportunity, like, you know. What I've done in South Africa, I couldn't have done in Europe or Australia or America, you know. These are established, you know, society, and it's very hard to succeed there, you know. Africa has so many opportunities because it's changing, you know, fast-changing society, you know, so, so it's a perfect opportunity, perfect environment for entrepreneurs, you know. Uh, uh, to, to, to succeed in that. So I believe in, in world of abundance, there is abundance of opportunities. You know? so, 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 so so much of opportunities, of business opportunities, of, of everything I say, you know? fresh air and sun and, and people. You know? But it's a mental outlook that we, we must accept and choose to have. You know? Rather than having a poverty mentality, the opposite of abundance mentality is poverty mentality. Poverty mentality is that you know, there's not enough, you know, Need, you know, world is scary, you know, there's not enough money, there's not enough uh, opportunities and people and all this, you know, like, you know. So we have to make choice, you know, we accept this abundance opportunity. Uh, you know, there is abundance of everything. You know, and we must just do in, you know, take risks and grab them and persevere and fight, you know, and, uh, and success will follow. Hmm. Interesting. So now if you could have a dinner with one entrepreneur you admire, who would that entrepreneur be and what would you want to ask that person? You know, it's a difficult question. Uh, I respect many entrepreneurs, but I don't, I, I, I don't admire any of them, to be honest with you. Okay. I, res I respect Richard Branson. I respect Warren Buffett, you know. I respect Elon Musk, you know. You know I respect Bill Gates, you know. you know. But, you know, each of them is their own, you know, strengths and weaknesses, their own authentic uh, path, you know, their own destiny, like, you know, I have my own destiny, mm. you know, they're all great people, you know, and, uh, yeah, so, so, yeah, that's what I would say, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, you're an academic, well-read man, you're also the author of a book, The Success, um, the book on success. I, I couldn't find the book on Amazon, but um, I really want to get a copy of your book. But um, okay. so, new ed edition coming, you know. So, it's been out for, so I've been working uh, for last, you know, three years and improving all my new insights and everything. So it's going to be improved version. Uh, I think fourth or fifth version oh, edition. Okay. okay, nice, nice. I look forward to grabbing a copy. So, what are some of your favorite books and tapes, messages, or things that help you um, stay motivated, stay inspired, and, <coughs> and renew your mind and your spirit? Yeah. To be honest with you, you know, I like reading spiritual books, you know. So, uh, so books from my spiritual master. And I read, you know, good books, you know, Richard Branson's books and entrepreneurial books. And, you know, there's a nice book called Autobiography for Yogi. Uh, it's a nice book for him and his Siddhartha, there's a beautiful book uh, called Single Jonathan Livingston uh, by Richard Bach. So those, those are some of the books which somehow have shaped my life, mm. you know, my purpose, meaning, and direction. Uh, I read them when I was you know, very young. 
but I, I don't read much. Uh, I want to write. Right. I feel uh, writing more than reading. Yeah. Okay. So, um, all right, if you could recommend one book for somebody to at least get started since you're now in the writing phase, and obviously that's a product of you reading a lot because you wouldn't have the, the concept in you to start thinking about and putting things together if you don't have a lot already in your mind before you now start developing your own thoughts and bringing them out. So if you could recommend one book for someone to get started on, what would that be? Ah, difficult one, you know. So, <laughs> I can recommend a, a book called Siddhartha from Siddhartha. Herman Hesse. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like the book. It's very nice. It's a gentle book, you know. It has a spiritual uh, flavor, you know. Mm. You know love story. So it's uh, three things in, in one, spirituality, love, and, and business, you know. Okay. It's a very, very nicely, nicely written, inspiring, and not, not heavy book, yeah. Mm. Great, great. And obviously, because you're a very prolific person, I have a final question I usually ask people. But for you, I want to kind of turn it around and do it a little differently. So it's um, we're going to play a word association game. So I'm going to bring one word, and you're going to say the first thing that comes to your mind, giving. Happiness. Happiness. Creativity. Life. Success. Dreams. The one thing you want your children to remember you for. An ability to love other people. Love. Okay. Love, is, love is about love. It's all about love. You know? Love is the only thing worth living and dying for. Hmm. Love is art. Love is source of success and passion, direction, inspiration, creativity, innovation, entrepreneurship, business. Everything else. But it's a magical word. I love. Oh, great. And with that said, we've come to the end of the hour with um, Dr. Marco Sharavanya. It's really been a pleasure talking to you, getting your background, your life story, all the words of wisdom and everything you've shared and you've taught us today. We just want to say a big thank you to you for taking the time to talk to us and share this one hour with you. And we wish you continued success in all your future endeavors and Genesis and your next business adventures, your life trips, your spiritual journey, your family and friends, and we just want to wish you all the best in life. So thank you for taking the time to talk to us this morning. Thank you, Chi, uh, and thank you to all your listeners. Oh. And uh, but I, some of these ideas which I shared uh, work uh, a lot. You know, I see people uh, more than MBA or or some big degree that people pay millions of dollars for, you know. Uh, but it is about action and implementation. If you can uh, action some of these things and implement, you know, these are normal, universal, you know, truths, you know, and if you action them, you know, we can change lives. Yeah, good. And with that said, it's just been a pleasure talking to you, and I want to say thank you again. Don't let another minute go by without taking action to change your life. Visit Ordeshi.com right now for more incredible resources, and we'll see you next time on Ordeshi, the Bulletproof Entrepreneur.